Hey everyone, this is Karen, and you're listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast, where parents receive encouragement in their daily journey to disciple their kids to be followers of Jesus. Discipleship isn't a program, it's a lifestyle. Now let's do this. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today is day four of session two of the Never Alone Bible Study. The title of today's message is He is Our Guarantee. Now, the author starts off with a really funny story of how when they put their house on the market, the real estate agent staged the bathrooms with the beautiful fancy soaps and bath cloths and some new electric toothbrushes, you know, so that when uh, potential buyers would come through, they would just see it and, you know, and just kind of ooh and all over the space, you know. And she says that after she had put her kids to bed one night, she went into the bathroom and the kids had used the soap and the bath cloths and the electric toothbrushes. And oh my gosh, I can just picture this happening to me, right? Because you know, if you have kids, like you know, right? (laughs) But she says, if you've ever been through the home selling process, you know how valuable the buyer's down payment is. If you go through the trouble of hiding many of uh, your belongings in the closet so your home is staged for potential buyers to imagine themselves in it, getting all of your people out of the house at the drop of a hat to show it, and then weighing the pros and cons of offers from potential buyers, you know that without the down payment, their offer brings no relief. But with the down payment comes assurance that they will fulfill the promise to purchase your home. So what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit's power in our parenting? God didn't purchase a home with cash, right? He purchased a people, you and me, with the life of his son. And to a much greater degree, the Holy Spirit is the down payment, the guarantee of what's still to come. So the Holy Spirit is our proof of our present condition of salvation He's our promise that the fullness or wholeness of our inheritance in Jesus will be received. And he is the pledge that our salvation will be completed through glorification. Okay, and glorification happens uh, upon Christ's return. So you have justification, which is when you become a believer in Christ. Then you have sanctification that begins after you become a believer to the point of glorification. We are continually changed until the day of glorification. Anyway, I'm just throwing that in there as a little side note. Um, She says, we are his children. And she says to read Ephesians 1, um, 1 through 14. And when you read the word us, replace it with me. And when you read the word we, replace it with the word I. So that the this scripture just makes it super, super personal. So I'm not going to read all of that um, today, but I encourage you to read it on your own. That's Ephesians 1, verses 1 through 14. And just replace the words us with me and the word we with I. So that you're just making it your own personal, like God is speaking right to you. But she says one of the things that the Holy Spirit highlighted for her as she read it was the words as his own as his own so when we believe in jesus god calls us his own 
mine. We are marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. We are God's cherished and chosen possession. I still get undone by this truth. I am God's daughter, a daughter of the King, covered in righteousness and perfection of Jesus Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit as a sign that he will finish what he started in me. He will finish what he started in you, and he will finish what he started in our children. When I lay my head on my pillow, <laughs> rehearsing all the ways I'm afraid I let God down again in my parenting. You know, I raised my voice too much. I skipped morning devotions with them. I wasn't present enough. I like joy, and the list just goes on. But I'm assured that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that God won't give up on me. As, a re as rebellious as I can be, the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that we will inherit all of the spiritual blessings in Christ. And His purpose is the, pro is the, is the praise of His name. Like we discovered earlier in our study, this affirms that the Holy Spirit's aim is to bring praise to the Father and the Son. So Paul wrote something similar about the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22. And I'm going to read that now. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him, who is Jesus. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So every promise of God is fulfilled in Jesus. Every prophecy in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Jesus. And today, every longing of the human heart is fulfilled in Jesus. Hmm. That's so good. Like that last sentence, every longing of the human heart is fulfilled in Jesus. You know, it's like when people are wandering out in the world and they're longing for something and they don't really know what they're longing for. So they try to fulfill that longing with possessions or people or status or, you know, their career or whatever it may be. They will keep finding themselves having a void in their life because only Jesus can fulfill that. Mm, That's so good. So in what areas of parenting do you fear you're disappointing God or failing as a parent? And what confidence do you gain from knowing that nothing you've just noted keeps God from welcoming you? When we become Christians, our very being is united to Christ. His life is our life. His death is our death to sin. His resurrection is our resurrection. We cannot be separated from Jesus because we are in him. Romans 8 um, verses 35, 38 through 39 says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I've spoken with many mamas who've watched their kids launch into the world with Jesus, but 
they don't keep walking with Jesus on their journey. Then most of our prodigal sons and daughters come home. The waiting can be excruciating. Watching our kids walk outside the will of God is so painful because we know that they're forfeiting the peace, the love, the purpose, the joy. The truth that we can have confidence in as we wait is that the Holy Spirit remains in our kids and his seal remains on our kids even when they wander. Right? We saw you can see that passage in scripture if you read the prodigal son how the father's love was still there uh, when the prodigal decided to return. So if you have a child who has wandered, take time now to ask the Holy Spirit to make Jesus irresistible to your child again. Call down the loving conviction and invitation of the Spirit in his or her heart. Right? It's the Spirit that initially draws us, and it's the Spirit that continually draws us. So now is probably a good time for us to talk about a passage that has been known to breed much fear and confusion among Christians. And that's blasphemy against the spirit. So in Matthew chapter 12, what we see starting in like verse, let me see. She lists verse 22 through verse 32, but I'm going to just kind of preface preference preface sorry preface what um what is being talked about here so a demon possessed man who is blind and can't speak is brought to jesus and jesus um removed the the demonic spirit and then the man could see and he could speak well the pharisees saw this and they accused jesus of of having power of Satan to be able to drive out demons. And Jesus is like, okay, well, what good is that doing Satan if by the power of Satan I'm getting rid of his demons? Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? If Satan is trying to destroy people and he's trying to build his kingdom, why on earth would Satan empower me to get rid of... <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense, right? And then Jesus also turned it around on the Pharisees, as he often does. And he says, and so if your people are casting out demons, what power of the, are they casting out demons? If you're accusing me of being, um, you know, possessed by Satan, basically, you know, who, what power are you casting out demons? I love how Jesus um always turns things on the religious and <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's really comical sometimes to, to read um, the dialogue between Jesus and the Pharisees. But I'm just going to pick up in verse 30. Jesus says this, he says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. So we might add, we might read that and ask, okay, 
how can scripture teach that the Holy Spirit is my seal of security of salvation, but also teach that blaspheming the Spirit will never be forgiven me? I'm hopeful we're about to have clarity about what Jesus was teaching and gain greater confidence in the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? The ESV Gospel Transformation Bible says it like this, Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the unchanging conviction that Jesus is evil. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is a, conclusion, a conclusive rejection of Christ rather than a contrite reception of Him. So the seal of the Holy Spirit identifies us as God's possession and guarantees our eternal security in Christ. If we bear the seal, we never ever have to fear committing the unforgivable sin of blasphemy, right? So any fear that God will stop calling us his possession if we don't have perfect performance is put to rest in the Holy Spirit's presence. So basically, like if you're ever like fearful of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, if you're ever scared that you're going to blaspheming the Holy Spirit, Odds are you are not because you are actually worried about it. People who blaspheme the Holy Spirit are not worried about it at all. They do it intentionally, right? So, so how does this empower my parenting? So fear that God will stop calling our child his own when doubt creeps into their hearts or when they wrestle with uncertainty that leaves them questioning is put to rest in the Holy Spirit's assurance. We are one in him now and he cannot disown himself. Right? Second Timothy 2 13 says it like this. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. So what fears is God inviting you to lay before him? Trusting that the Spirit is working in your life and in your child's lives. Hmm. That is so good. And I'm just going to just say a little sh quick short prayer right now for God to reveal anything in us that we need to invite Him into that we need to lay down. So, Father God, I just pray that you would search all of our hearts right now, that you were to reveal anything in us, any fears in us that we need to lay down at your feet, Lord God, that we need to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and, and to do a mighty work in those areas, Lord God. Just bring any darkness to light, Lord God. Just reveal those areas um, in our parenting that need to be addressed by the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Any uh, sins that we need to repent of, Lord God, just bring those forth now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, that's the end of today's session. I hope that you just continue to listen as we um, move on to session three. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast. Keep tuning in each week to get encouragement to confidently disciple your kids in everyday life.